Today on Locked On Nationals, Bobby Blanco from MassInSports.com will be joining us. We'll be looking back at the offseason, but more importantly, who are some young players who could break out in spring training? You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I'm your host, Ryan Clare. You can catch me over on Twitter at ryanclary 11 and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. And of course, check out Locked On Nationals wherever you get your podcasts, including over on YouTube. Just search Locked On Nationals there and that is where you will find us. Bobby Blanco from MassInSports.com. He joins us today here on this said podcast, Locked On Nationals. Again, search that wherever you get your pod. So, Bobby, how are you doing today, my friend? Ryan, it's been a long time. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on again. I can't believe, I feel like the last time we talked, we were previewing the offseason. Now here we are wrapping it up. We're a week away from Nationals pitchers and catchers reporting to West Palm Beach and holding their first workout a week from tomorrow. It's pretty crazy how fast this went. I know, man. It's crazy. And you know, it's exciting. It's a good, exciting time for this Nationals team. So, I think we got a lot to talk about today, Bobby, which is a good thing. But before that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And so, Bobby, let's kind of get started with this today. As we're kind of looking back into the offseason, what kind of just happened this offseason? The Nationals didn't really make any too big of splashy signings, but just kind of looking at it from just on top view here, Dylan Floro, relief pitcher. You haven't really added anything to the starting rotation at this moment in time, but what have you made of the Nationals offseason so far? Yeah, I think this was kind of to be expected. I think a lot of fans, understandably so, are getting a little frustrated with the way that the Nats are approaching this offseason. But you look at this team, the way it's currently structured, even before they've signed three guys um, over this offseason, is you know they're not quite there yet to start competing at the major league level in terms of you know going for a playoff spot, a division championship, a World Series. They're still building toward that. I think this time next year will be much more telling um, of how the Nationals are going to start approaching the offseason this year goes according to plan where guys like C.J. Abrams, Cabo Ruiz, Lane Thomas, uh, Josiah Graham, Mackenzie Gore, maybe even Jake Irvin again. Um, and then you get some young guys coming up, may possibly making their debuts and Dylan Cruz, James Wood. If they all take another step forward in their own development and some of those earlier guys that are already established major leaguers maybe make like um, all-star game, um, you know, lead the league in a specific category, whatever it may be. Then I think next offseason we'll see them being a little more aggressive in terms of adding to the major league roster. But for what they did this year, you signed Dylan Floro, you signed Nick Senzel to be your third baseman. You finally get a big bat um, by signing Joey Gallo a couple weeks ago um, to play in the corner outfield spot and you know rotate around between left field, first base, maybe a little bit of DH. Um, I, I would kind of expect them to also add a starting pitcher just to bring into camp. We've seen them. Uh, hand out a couple minor league invitations, uh, minor league deals with spring training invitations, but none to like an actual starting pitcher. Um, I would expect that to come before they officially report 
this time next week because Mike Rizzo always likes bringing in more competition, especially with that rotation. You know, Kate Cavalli is not going to be ready until June-ish. So uh, the way that this rotation stands now, I'll be surprised if that's the way they go into this spr- uh, the spring training um, with this rotation. But everywhere else, I think, is what's to be expected, even though I know Nats fans don't really want to hear that. It's kind of interesting you bring up the starting pitching aspect of it because I believe that's actually something that Rizzo and Davey have both kind of said this offseason that they do want to add some starting pitching depth. And also just kind of looking at the roster right now, it makes the most sense. You need to have kind of a veteran guy, in my opinion, in this rotation. You can make that argument that it's Trevor Williams and Patrick Corbin. But again, we've kind of done this before. You know what to expect with those two guys. But Bobby, I have two guys in mind right now who are sitting there as major league free agents, someone who could come in today and be in this starting rotation. I'm looking at Noah Syndergaard and Michael Lorenzen, the guy who threw a no-hitter against us just this last year. Do you think any of those kind of names like that, veteran-minded guys like them, could come in here and potentially be one of the national starting pitchers going into 2024? Yeah, I think those are the type of guys that you're looking to maybe sign. Like those, I know those guys are probably looking for major league contracts but once we get to camps starting i mean a lot of these guys want to know where they are reporting so maybe their asking price comes down they just want to sign with a team and that's when the nationals can swoop in and maybe sign but yeah that's like you know, your top level guys who are still out there probably you're not touching those you're probably not enticing them to come um to play for, or pitch for this team right now but yeah those mid-level Syndergaard, lorenzen that's a that's a good idea of, of the idea like i'm talking about of who they would want to bring in before camp starts to add to this rotation. Just again, like I said, bring in more competition, push. Um, I, we know the top three, right? Gray, McKenzie, Gore, Gray, McKenzie. And then, you know, Jake Irvin has a spot right now. He needs to prove that he can earn that. But then, of course, Patrick Corbin, and Trevor Williams. But maybe you're pushing Trevor Williams a little bit harder in camp to see if he can keep, earn his spot back in that rotation, if not move him to the bullpen. So, yeah, those are the type of guys that I, I could foresee them Signing either to a short-term deal or maybe even like a minor league contract with a major league spring training invite, even though I think those two names you mentioned are probably looking for major league deals, not really the minor league types. But that still kind of low-level contract signing, maybe a one-year deal, one-year club option, whatever it may be, um, and then they come in and, and try to fight for a spot. You know, with the Nationals, as they have made like some moves, obviously, Joey Gallo being the big signing, quote-unquote, you could say, of this offseason, but... The Nationals, they've had some intriguing signings overall. Obviously, I'm going to be intrigued to what they do with starting pitching because I'm like you. I just don't believe they're going to be going into 2024th rotation looking like this. I feel like they're going to get another kind of veteran guy, whether it be Syndergaard, maybe Michael Lorenzen, who I'd prefer over Syndergaard in this scenario here. But the Nationals, they've made some moves. Joey Gallo, Juan Yepes is kind of one of those moves that I think could be a little intriguing to say the least. Also, Nick Senzel, one of these guys, Dylan Floro out of the bullpen. But just kind of looking at the offseason signings here, Bobby, who do you think will have the biggest impact amongst kind of the guys who will be up in the major leagues? Juan Yepes maybe will be in the majors, Joey Gallo, Nick Senzel, Dylan Floro. Who do you look at kind of from that group that could be making a pretty big impact for this Nationals team in 2024? I think it's going to be Joey Gallo. I think it's, a pr- like you said, he's probably their biggest signing that they made this year. Um, Nick Senzel, you're just hoping he plays third base pretty solidly every single day um, and maybe find some offensive that he was supposed to have coming up as a top draft pick. But yeah. Joey Gallo is the one. This team needed power badly. They were last in the league in home runs. Um, 
OPS, all the power numbers, they were they really struggled. They do a great job of putting the ball in play and getting on base. They do a bad job of hitting the long ball and hitting for extra bases and scoring runs. So Joey Gallo, I know he strikes out a lot. I know he doesn't hit above 200, but if he can hit slightly above 200 and get you 20 to 30 home runs by the All-Star break, that te- that is what this team desperately needed last year is someone to drive. Because you, you didn't get that power from Dominic Smith, he, Corey Dickerson, you know, the guys that they signed to plug these holes that last year didn't work out that way. So now you're hoping that they do this year. Again, not asking too much from Nick Senzel, but I think Joey Gallo, if he can hit just the his career average amount of homers, which I think over the course of a full season is a little over 30, that's what this team desperately needs. Because then you're also hoping that guys like Kaber Ruiz, Riley Adams, Lane Thomas, who came on last year, show that they're also increasing their power a little bit. And this all, this lineup is a little more oomph to it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. score runs in big bunches, um, you know, because before, like last year, if they didn't jump out to an early lead, it was pretty much over. Like they they struggled to come back because they could not hit the long ball very well or very often. They could not hit like, you know, a bases clearing double in the gap. It, it just didn't come for them that way. They were much get them on, get them over, get them in. Um, and it's hard to, you know, come back from in a baseball game when you're down early like that. So if they didn't take an early lead. It was hard for them to come back to win a ball game with power. Now that's a little more in play to, even if you go down early, you're not completely out of it. I think the Joey Gallo signing was actually a really good one for the Nats team. Also like just all the things that are there, Joey Gallo, number one is going to provide some depth as far as defensive metrics go. He can play first base, he can play third base. And obviously He's a gold glover type in the outfield as well. One of the stronger arms in this game. So Joey Gallo and obviously at the plate, he's going to solve some issues there when it comes to power. Some people are going to talk about the strikeouts and everything, as you kind of mentioned there. But listen, in today's game in 2024, you need to hit home runs. You need to hit that long ball. The Nationals, they have not been able to do that since trading away Juan Soto and Josh Bell. They've been missing that big power bat. You got a little glimpse of that back in 2022 with Joey Manessis, but he took a major step back last year as far as his power goes. So I think Joey Gallo could kind of fill that void going into 2024 and beyond. But Bobby, this isn't just it about this offseason because looking ahead to spring training, which this is what we're going to do right now, there's a lot of guys who maybe could be making some jumps going into 2024. We'll kind of tackle that topic after we tell you guys about our friends over at ebay motors and guys when we talk about ebay motors we want you to know that passion drive and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're in the speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the price you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebay motors Com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guarantee fit are only available to U.S. customers. Again, keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Now we get back into it with Bobby Blanco from massinsports.com. You can catch me over on Twitter at Bobby underscore Blanco. So Bobby, let's kind of look into spring training here as, again, 
We are about a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. What a time to be alive here. Baseball is almost back here in the nation's capital. But what's kind of one main storyline that you're going to be watching going into spring training? Obviously, there's a lot. We all know that the Nationals are filled with prospects. There's going to be a lot of non-roster invitees, some of their top prospects coming up here on West Palm Beach. What is kind of the storyline that you're going to be watching going into spring training? Yeah, my storyline isn't really on the field, actually. It's more of an off-the-field thing, and that's are they going to be able to lock up one of these young guys already on the major league roster, or even one of their prospects, to a long-term deal before the start of the regular season? Remember last year, they signed Cabo Ruiz to his extension, guaranteed eight years, possibly up to 10 uh, $50 million. He was one of the big pieces coming back in that Max Scherzer Trey Turner deal with the Dodgers. Um, do they try to extend Josiah Gray? Do they try to extend CJ Abrams after his breakout year last year? What do you do with Lane Thomas? I know he's a little older, but maybe you extend him to be your corner outfielder for the years to come. Um, or do you even go younger? Do you try to extend a Dylan Cruz or a James Wood to a long-term deal? We saw the, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers do that with one of their top prospects this offseason, giving a contract to a guy who hasn't even reached triple-A baseball yet. Um, so I, I, that's kind of my interest, only because they did do it last year, and now we're seeing younger prospects get long-term deals. Um, I know Bobby Wood Jr. is no longer a prospect. He's young, one of the younger guys in the game. But you know, it's coming more and more frequently that young players are getting long-term deals by their, by their teams that drafted them or acquired them, whatever it may be. Um, you're seeing long-term commitments to young guys more than I think we have seen in the past. And I think the big key here is too, is like a lot of those guys I just mentioned are not represented by Scott Boris. And I yeah. know we like to joke about Boris, but the fact of the matter is his guys test free agency. Um, Wood, I don't think is, is ripped by Boris. Neither is Brady house. I think on the major league roster, only Mackenzie Gore and Victor Robles are. So mm-hmm. you have the, you have this opportunity, you know, you invested a lot in guys like everyone I just mentioned in terms of, how you acquired them, whether trading away superstars or drafting high. Um, so I wonder if they're going to try to lock up some of these young guys this offseason like they did with Cable Ruiz last year. It's kind of an off-field um, news story that I'm tracking, but I think it's an important one too because I think fans and probably the players themselves want to see some kind of long-term commitment from this team because that's, that's something they had not done in a couple of years. Like when was the last multi-year long-term contract that the Nationals have handed out? I, I can't tell you off the top of my head. So. Um, I know that they've been in this rebuilding phase, so you don't see those come out very often. But now think that they think that they're turning a corner, that I think the results are showing they're turning a corner, maybe try to commit uh, another long-term contract like you did with K-Bear last year to a CJ, a McKenzie, a Josiah, someone, or at least attempt to make it. You don't, if you don't get it done, you don't get it done. But uh, I think it's important that they at least try to lock some of these young guys up for the long term. Yeah, I mean, that is something that, has always kind of been one of my goals for this national team. Like this off season, I said it the first show of this off season, extend CJ Abrams, get that done because he's not a Scott Boris client. This is not someone that you can just say, Oh, he's a Scott Boris guy. We have no chance at this at this moment. No, this is someone that you could extend right here and right now. And I truly do believe if the nationals believed in what their development department says, what everything says about CJ Abrams, I think this is a deal that would hopefully be done sometime in spring training, but kind of just to look back at it, James Wood is a Scott Boris client also. So that's kind of something that unfortunately we'll have to throw, (laughs) throw away there. Dylan Cruz, Scott Boris guy as well, but I believe Brady house is a CAA client along with Trey Turner. They were working actually with each other the other day. So there's something there in which the nationals again, 
you got to try to extend some of these guys. And it's not something that they haven't been trying. I'm sure they have been as last year they extended Kibert Ruiz. But even then, if you were to get some of these guys, like whether it's a CJ Abrams or hell, maybe even if it is a James Waters, you can get one of those Boris guys to extend. That would be a massive slam dunk for this team. This is something that you want to have happen, not only just for this major league team, but even just for the fan base and everyone involved, because we all know what everyone's been saying about the ownership and everything, the entire situation with that. People want to see two feet back in the door, and I think that would be a huge way to kind of get back into that. But even furthermore than that, on the field stuff, Bobby, what are just kind of some things that you're going to be watching for when you're down in West Palm Beach? What are some of the guys that you're going to be really kind of honing in on and trying to see what they're doing at West Palm? Yeah, I think, well, I'm still looking for if they're who else they're going to add. Um, I think the outfield is interesting because your only lock is Lane Thomas in the right. And now I guess Joey, Joey Gallo in, in left. So does Victor Robles come back healthy and does he bounce back like he started last season before he got hurt again? Um, does Alex Call take a step forward and prove that he could be worth taking an f- extended look at? Um, does Jacob Young come in and fill that spot because like he did at the end of last season? So I think the center field position is interesting. And then what happens when Stone Garrett gets healthy again? How do they kind of fit all of those bats? And Stone Garrett's another guy that can provide pop too um, once he's healthy too. So they're, they're, they will need him uh, once he's back from his broken leg. Um, yeah, I, I think the third base side is also interesting. I know the Nationals have said Nick Senzel is going to be the everyday third baseman. Um, can Carter Kibo make a push for that spot? Can Brady House, who got a big league invite, make a push for that spot early on in camp? I, I doubt it. I'm sure Brady's going to start at either double A or triple A, but he's the guy of the future over there, right? So how does he look comparing to these other guys over at the hot corner? Where does Jake Alou kind of fit in all of this? He's a versatile guy that played in the corner outfield, can play second base, third base. Um, does he have a spot on this team entering, um, you know, op- going into opening day? How does Nassim Nunez, the Rule 5 pick, how does he fit, too? He's a versatile guy that can play up the middle of the infield, speed on the base path, but he hasn't hit above double-A either, I don't think. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to have an adjustment period at the major league level. Um, those kind of – they're not really roster battles. Maybe the only true battle will be in center field uh, because, again, I think uh, – how does Luis Garcia look at second? Maybe you can say that Jacob is going to push Louis for second base a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I think those are the kind of things I'm looking at in terms of like position battles heading into camp um, because obviously shortstop's locked up first base catcher spot. Your rotation for the most part is so it's really only center field. I think Senzel ends up winning third, but again, can Carter make one last push to prove that he deserves a long-term look? Um, then can Louie finally capture second base and be on the second baseman of the future? Or does someone like Jake Lou Trey Lipscomb come up and make a push for that spot? Trey Lipscomb is kind of someone that I've been kind of drooling over the last few months here. Trey Lipscomb, gold glover down in the minor leagues. He can play really anywhere in the infield. Played all four infield positions just last 2023. Just already shows you the versatility there. He's kind of someone that I'm looking at. And I even did a show on this last week, Bobby, that I think Trey Lipscomb, as far as all these non-roster invitees go, Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Robert Hassel, all the big-time prospects who are going to be up in big league spring training, I think that Trey Lipscomb has the best chance to make it up to the majors at this moment over any of them because of what's going on at second base and as well as third base. I don't think the Nationals are going to be in any rush at this moment to bring up someone like Brady House. And on the other hand, with it, Nassim Nunez, like you said, hasn't been above double A before. Luis Garcia, 
The Nationals, they've shown their cards with him over time. They sent him back down the AAA this last year because they kind of wanted to see him mature in today's game and just kind of take better precautionary steps in order to prepare for being an everyday baseball player. So Trey Lipscomb is kind of someone that I could see the Nationals really moving up quickly. And then also looking at it, obviously his natural position is third base. You've already got Brady House. You've got Yohandi Morales and Trey Lipscomb as well. Those are three third basemen that you had at double A to end this last year. They're going to have to move them around at some point. Someone's going to have to move up a little bit quicker than the others. That's why I kind of look at him as a college-ready guy. He's already been in the system for about a year and a half now. I could see the Nationals really kind of moving him up the chains here and getting him up to the majors relatively soon, a lot sooner than we think, at least at this moment in time. But I think second base is going to be a very intriguing position. And as you mentioned, center field with Robles, Jacob Young, I could see Jacob Young potentially coming out with this job, but we'll just have to see because Victor Robles, again, they love Victor Robles, 2019 world champ, but you kind of know what to expect at this moment in time when it comes to Robles and all. But all right, let's talk about some of these prospects. We kind of got into it here, but there's some intriguing prospects coming up to D.C. or coming down to West Palm Beach, rather, to spend spring training with the big leaguers. So we'll discuss that after I tell you guys about our good friends over at FanDuel. And guys, when we talk about FanDuel, we want you to know that it is the Super Bowl week and everyone should celebrate with our friend at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. You could talk about all the different things. You can even talk about the commercials and all the good food, the wings, the buffalo chicken dip, and all the different things that you want. But of course, it's not the Super Bowl without FanDuel. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or 10. You never really know. So not only you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel has also has bets for which player will score a touchdown and so many more props. And also how many points will be scored, the over-unders, all that fun stuff. You're going to want to get in with FanDuel. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now we get back into it with Bobby Blanco from MassInSports.com. Bobby, kind of looking at these non-roster invitees, you've got Robert Hassel. You've got James Wood, Dylan Cruz, Brady House, Trey Lipscomb. Some of the big-name prospects in this system. You can even talk about Darren Baker, who's going to be cracking the major leagues, hopefully at some point this season as well. There's a lot of intrigue going into spring training right now because I think this is kind of what Nationals fans are going to want to see. The Nationals, we all know this. We've talked about it for the last few years. It's all about the future right now. Going into 2024, that's what it's about Again, so kind of looking at these guys, who do you think could be the most impressive kind of young prospect up in spring training? I think obviously you start with Cruz and Wood. Um, I think they're right now probably you know the most um, developed, just because you know you had Dylan Cruz play at least three years in college, was the best college player in the country, won a national championship. We saw him. Um, adjust really quickly at single A so much so that he went straight to double A after that. And he got a little tired at the end of the season. It's a long year for him. So that hopefully like, you know, just a regular offseason game rest. He'll come back. I think those two obviously are the top two guys with the most tools, the highest skill set, the highest ceiling probably as well. 
Um, and I think they'll be able to hold their own the most in camp. Brady House as well. Uh, you know, if you look at it, Brady House was probably actually the most, the best all around prospect at double A at the end of the last season um, in terms of, you know, hitting for average, um, playing solid defense at a primary position. Um, Trey Lipscomb, you mentioned earlier, he he's going to be interesting at second base. Um, and then you just mentioned, too, I was going to say Darren Baker. I mean, Darren Baker, he's probably one of the oldest of these guys. I think he's 24 years old, former 10th round pick out of UCAL. Um, yeah, I, he led the uh, their system. Well, not led. He was in their amongst like the top five, top 10 in their system in a lot of offensive, offensive categories, average, on base, hits, uh, triples. He shows some speed down there as well. My only concern, not concern, but the, the only issue with picking you know, guys like uh, Lipscomb and Baker to have strong camps and break the camp with the teams that they play the same position as Nassim Nunez, the rule five pick. And mm-hmm. you know, if it comes down to picking between those three, my guess is the Nationals are going to pick Nunez because he needs to be on the roster for the whole season in order to keep him uh, after this year. And there's no reason to rush Baker or Lipscomb at this point to play in the major league. So um, they could have good camps. That doesn't mean that they're automatically going to make the team because I think Nunez has that rule five tag to him. Um, that's going to allow him to make the team and, and be on the roster for the entire season. So the nationals can then have his long-term rights. Um, but I, I, I agree. I think those two guys, you know, we talk about wood house crews all, all day long. I think those two guys at Lipscomb and Baker are legit. You know, if something happens to Nunez, Garcia, uh, Jake loops on um, like, those are the next guys that are, are going to make steps up. And, and I've, I've predicted Trey Lipscomb is going to be, you know, a sneaky one to watch just because he brings so much diversity um, and flexibility in terms of your lineup. He can, like you said, play all infield positions. Um, I think they've even tried him on the outfield. Like they do a lot of these like very versatile athletic guys. Um, And, you know, every team, I I don't think he's going to be, you know, a superstar. He's not going to be, you know, a future hall of fame. Unlikely, right? Like he's not, he's not the level of prospect that James Wood and Dylan Cruz are. But every team needs that kind of glue guy, that guy that can either just play, just be really solid, you know, bat six or seven in the lineup, uh, play really good defense. Um, you know what you're getting out of him. Uh, you know, you, you can't have a full team of all all-stars, right? You need those kind of glue guys that, you know, play a role on the team. I think Lipscomb can be that guy for the Nationals down the line, and I think he could be an important piece to the next winning team because of the versatility he brings and, you know, just the overall that he just does everything pretty well. Right. Like he mm-hmm. does. There's not one place where he is crazy off the charts. There's not one place where he's really below average. He's just pretty standard across the board. And I think every team kind of needs one of those guys. You know, talking about Trey Lipscomb now, and I think both here, I don't know about I won't speak for you, Bobby, but I'm a Trey Lipscomb guy. I'm officially and- am. I, I think he's very good. I think he's a very slept on prospect at this moment also. Trey Lipscomb is kind of someone that I look back in the 2010s run. That's what I always try to compare. I try to compare these prospects to some of the guys who everyone out here, all the locked on Nationals fans, listeners are familiar with. I kind of look at Trey Lipscomb and I think kind of the best absolute thing that could happen with him. And I'm not saying this is what he's going to be. He could be better. It could be a little worse. But I look at him and I think he could be kind of like a Danny Espinosa type. Like someone who's not going to be a superstar, but again, a glue guy. Someone who's kind of come up with this system, developed, very good defender. Someone you can play up the middle, really anywhere in the infield, really. And at times, he'll come with some sneaky power. He'll provide some bat every now and then. 
I think that's kind of what Nationals fans should expect with Trey Lipscomb going forward. And that is kind of the comparison that I could see when it comes to talking about Trey Lipscomb and what he's going to provide up in the major league someday. So that's interesting that you can also kind of think that same way with Trey Lipscomb. It'll be interesting to see what he does in spring training as far as Brady House, James Wood, Robert Hassel, and Dylan Cruz, all the big name guys. We'll be watching them. Bobby, you'll be covering them. Bobby, you're actually going down to West Palm Beach this year? Yeah, I'll be down there um, the second week. So I'll go down President's Day, the 19th through the 23rd. Um, Mass on all access. We're going down there. We'll be doing our live uh, spring training report show from there on that Thursday. And then I come back for a week and go back down to relieve Mark Zuckerman for about 10 days. So making two separate trips over the course of like four weeks. Oh, man, you're making two separate trips down to West Palm Beach. Yeah, in the middle of February, March. Darn it, right? Oh, I feel Uh, so bad for you. God, don't don't you feel don't if you need help, I got you covered. All right. I can do that. Have you been? I haven't been yet. You haven't been yet. The facility (laughs) is great. There's a lot of downtown areas. So much fun. Um, Anyone who gets a chance to go down to see the Nets spring training should absolutely do it. West Palm is is awesome. Yeah, no, I, I'll be here sitting in the cold with the rest of the Nationals fans here. So, <laughs> all right, Bobby, it's always great catching up with you, man. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. No problem. And, of course, catch Bobby with MassInSports.com. Catch him over on Twitter as well at Bobby underscore Blanco. And, of course, for myself, Ryan Clary, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good one. Enjoy their day. <laughs>